everybody and welcome to a double or nothing aftermath reviewing last ride navel gazing uh tooth crumbling episode of the brothers of disgusting and tequila uh we're gonna talk everything from the wednesday night wars to Rey mysterio's retirement and matt we're gonna make time for a new segment called tail tucks where we backtrack on a hot take I, uh, I, I, I pitched the idea to Matt, and he's uh, he's ready to dig in some heels over there. So hopefully this segment takes off. But, uh, Matt, another hot, spicy, uh, ghost peppery week. Uh, Wendy's Spicy Nuggety Week of Professional Wrestling. You're home alone, no wife, just you and the babe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. See, we're taking pot shots already on a segment I didn't know exist uh, five minutes ago. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, oh man, am I excited now? Um, you can find us, everybody, at BODpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com, uh, at BODpodcast on Twitter, and uh, brothers underscore of underscore discussion uh, to find our joint uh, account that handles both our pro wrestling show and uh, you know, the Detroit Red Wings show. If you are a fan I highly recommend you're checking in uh, this upcoming week uh, to, to see what's going on with uh, with the all, all the hockey news that's been coming out. The NHL announces that uh, they will be returning, or at least trying to, in July. So if, uh, again, hockey fan, even uh, not just a, a Detroit Red Wings fan, but we'll be going over all that stuff. So you want to check that out. Uh, also, your boy is going to be featured on the Ice Analytics podcast that you can find on the Hockey Podcast Network on June 12th. So I'm giving that uh, quite the early plug. But uh, head on over June 12th to uh, the Hockey Podcast Network to, uh, to listen to me gush about uh, my, my favorite hockey player of all time, Pavel Datsuk. Uh, but with all that being said, uh, when uh, when you're looking to help us out right now, please uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you could. And then uh, our new YouTube channel, which, of course, is just the Brothers of Discussion. You can find all the links uh, to Apple Podcasts, to the YouTube page, uh, which we're hoping you'll subscribe to. Uh, you can find that all at bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. That is the hub for everything. Just go to the top right corner. And uh, last reminder, too, uh, not the last time I'm going to remind you, but if you are looking to support the show financially, we have two options for you. We... we <laughs> I'm not going to push hard because, uh, you know, I, I get it. Like, why are you going to send money to uh, a podcast? But if you do have uh, some funds, we are trying to expand the network. So, uh, you know, one of those things involves paying for uh, Adobe and different things like that. So if you do enjoy the show and you kind of want to maybe just th think of it as like donating, um, you can support us by going to bodpodcast.com and right at the top banner, uh, we have a code and a link for you to click to go to CBD Medic and get your CBD products. And essentially, we're giving you a code, but uh, what we will get in return from CBD Medic is uh, sort of a commission. So you would get the CBD products you're looking for anyway. You get a discount on them, and you're going to help out the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, number two is you just head on over to anchor.fm slash Brothers of Discussion, and there's actually a link you can click on to just 
uh, become a member of the faction, and you do so by uh, by just I, I, I hate to say it because you really are just handing over cash. But um, if you do love the show, uh, we are we want to make some merch, but that costs money to start. And at our zero dollar budget right now, it's tough. So we have these two different things that we're hoping, um, you know, if you if you're looking for CBD products, that's the easiest thing in the world, because essentially you're just getting them at a discounted price. And then we get the commission on that uh, that sale. Uh, but the other one is just straight up cash. So I'm not going to push that one too hard because that's kind of weird. But it is available if you really do feel like supporting the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, that's how to do so. So all that business out of the way. Uh, Mike, are we going to jump right into your new? So here's the thing. I, you, you have your new segment, Tail Tucker. Um, and... It sounds like you want me to participate. It sounds like you have something in mind that I should be redacting. And I I think it's funny that you made a sec you like backhandedly created a segment hoping that I would have whatever you're thinking I should apologize for in the back of your mind. Um and just kinda hoping that I'm gonna come up with it. I, I think this is hilarious. Uh but uh what? I, what, why don't what? you uh, why don't you oh, indulge me, indulge the, the Brothers of Discussion audience, and let let me know, let them know, what exactly are you thinking that you created You created this fun segment uh, that I, I should be thinking of? What What's the item that I should be redacting? Well, I was going to strategically do it after our uh, WWE Wrestling News quick hits, but uh, Matt wants to jump in right now, so I guess we do whatever Matt wants to do, so here we go. This new segment's called the Tail Tucker. And Matt, no, I'm not talking about Tucky from Heavy Machinery. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Woo, that's for you, Tucky. I got to get my new Otis shirt that just says Working Man Otis. There's one for Tucky, but it's not getting a lot of airtime on the WWE Network uh, app. Uh, so, Tail Tucker, Matt. Uh, basically, a spot where uh, maybe we. <laughs> We don't have to force feed it every week. It's just things transpired this week that made me, like, inspired me to have this segment. Basically, backtrack uh, some of your anger that you maybe had at a at a fairly recent booking decision, and now it kind of seems to be working out. So you you so you're apologizing on you my give behalf. Credit to it's you want to give credit where it's due. So you kind of you tuck your tail between your legs and be like, you know what? They were right about that one. And Matt. Wow. Uh, you know, kind of get you in the mindset. Like, people were really upset about the uh, Rusev and Lana angle, and then it ended up being, like, you know, a massive story. I think people rolled their eyes over, like, the Mandy and Otis story, and then that was, like, one of the biggest things of WrestleMania, and it's still going today, and it's getting um, uh, Otis over. It's getting Mandy over. It's getting uh, – uh, God damn it. <laughs> I just forgot her name now. Uh, Mandy's best friend in the whole wide world. Sonya. Why couldn't I think of Sonya Deville? Because I kept wanting to call her Daddy. I, there's a million. She goes by Daddy on Twitter now. <laughs> there's a million names. Daddy. There's a million names we have to remember. I don't. don't it happens. So, uh, like, you know, those segments at first people are like, "What?" And now it's working out. And so, man, we weren't super angry about those. But at WrestleMania, we were pretty upset about Charlotte defeating Rhea. And so, my tail Tucker. Is going to be Charlotte being the NXT Women's Champion. Now, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised myself. Um, I think what I wanted was 
in what in the short run would have been great is to see Rhea, you know, she's triumphed over the NXT women's division. Um, she's the one who finally, you know, knocked Shayna Baszler off the pedestal, um, who was a long reigning champ. And now she's going to prove that she's a legitimate champion by fighting Charlotte and defeating her. But she lost at WrestleMania, and we were all really upset. We thought that was one of the big booking boo-boos of that event. But now I'm starting to get it. I think if we just made Rhea to be a, a mega god, I don't know where that really leads for her like in the future. Because then she's just this... And I, I know it's it's like you'd you'd almost be comparing her to Charlotte, but it's just like where do you take this story from here? So I think for people to hate Charlotte, you want to use that hate. For people to love Rhea, let's just keep growing it. And the best way to do that is maybe not necessarily to have her have this you know long run as champion, but for her to be you know chasing again. And I think what we're doing is by using Charlotte as this pedestal, something we hate. Two people are being positively impacted. One is Rhea, because people are grinding their molars, like, oh, I want to see Rhea get back on top. And, like, the best foil for her is, you know, one of the best in the business is Charlotte. So we're able to get Rhea over. But additionally, with the way we're doing these triple threats, we're having tag team matches. Um, looks like they have some more stuff maybe in store for us in the future. Io Shirai is also getting a positive rub out of this whole situation. And so basically we're able to have these three entities kind of bounce off of each other instead of just having it be, you know, Rhea just reigning supreme over everything and Charlotte going her own direction. So Charlotte, we're using those shoulders to kind of rub between the two of those people and get over two entities. So it feels like three people are being positively influenced. Um, this trickle down effect for Charlotte's, you know, not a main roster champion. She's, you know, kind of bouncing around the three programs, just almost being used like, um, um, I don't like that example. I'm going to back off that sentence, but she's, she's not cemented to one spot. She's able to bounce around and she's, she's helping get different people over. Like she's not holding a raw or SmackDown belt. So we could still get Bailey. We could still get this kind of fluid situation on raw, you know, with Oscar and Be Becky, you know, leaving with her pregnancy and NXT's being positively influenced. So I think I'm going to back down and say that in the long run, I'm okay. And the reason that, uh, you know, I, I didn't want you to have to necessarily come up with one on the spot was I don't think you necessarily agree with my tail tucker, uh, but just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, if you feel the big picture is, is, is kind of working out for EO and Rhea. Um, well, I mean, I put in the notes for NXT this week that I thought this was a, a huge opportunity for EO and Rhea to get a victory over Charlotte by just defeating uh, Chelsea Green, and even that didn't happen. So Charlotte's dominance continues. Um I guess in that respect, I was still frustrated. So it it, it is it, it's kind of funny that you bring that up as the one you you're this is the one that you're turning around on 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 a week that I was like God damn it again. Um, but but I, I mean I'll say like the way that I would look at uh, the points that you're making is that uh, just like just like. Uh, 
there there was a way to ruin the fiend and a way of how you needed to bring it back and and thankfully bray wyatt had the talent to bring the fiend back after losing to uh to, to goldberg yeah. um and and get, getting a title that was so far away from what made sense for that character storyline wise like um i i i still I, there's always gray areas. Uh, essentially, like, the boring thing is that we should go into, like, everything and go, oh, this sucks right now, but I guess it could get better. Because uh, that, I mean, that's kind of the way to look at it. Like, it could get better, uh, but it's not better right now. And um, I, I me... think every storyline has that opportunity. And, and, and the funny thing is, is the storylines that we love are the ones that always... Like in the middle of it, we love it, and then they start to like fall flat right at the end. Or it's like, um, it's like the old uh, the old issues with like um, uh, what a, a sketch comedy is. Uh, you you love it right in the middle, but then at the end, it always kind of falls flat because it's hard to like end. Yeah, hard to but end I'll, an improv. Let uh, me uh, let me pitch this at you though. Um, so I'll say like the bigger matches that that stick in my memory banks you know like undertaker Shawn michaels you know like hogan the rock um you know uh undertaker mankind it, 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 you know hogan um uh andre you know it's if there were titles on the line that's kind of secondary to like what kind of story can we tell and i feel like the biggest story you could tell for the women is to triumph over charlotte like that's almost arguably a bigger um like notch in your or a you know, positive thing in your resume than to have the belt. Cause you know, everybody kind of gets a turn with the belt. It seems like, so would you agree that it would be better for Rhea's career for her to defeat Charlotte at the onset or for this to kind of be like a, like a kind of a, maybe like a year long build where Rhea finally gets to triumph in the rematch. Well, I guess that that depends because I mean, for one, we're never going to know what the story was going to be if Rhea had won at WrestleMania, and that's that's kind of where my point's coming from. Where I'm I'm saying there's always an opportunity to make like to rebound and make things better. Um, there's it's fine to hate a thing when it happens, um, and then there's the the good times that could get worse. Um, I think the Fiend is a great way to tell that story. I I know you want to talk about uh, Chapter Three of the Undertaker. And I think what we saw there was something that uh, became wrestling lore in um, and 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 the behind the scenes stories of Shawn Michaels saying, "I will not, I will not come back to pro wrestling. I lost to the Undertaker. That was the storyline. We're sticking to it." Right. And then he came back <laughs> and did a Saudi show, and all that is just gone. So, that. Uh, is it better that Rhea Ripley doesn't get a WrestleMania moment and just be crowned as like this at, uh, and help build like at an NXT? empty arena at an empty arena too? I still, I mean, I I don't I don't know if you're saying like that. So they're gonna wait, is what you're saying, to give Rhea her WrestleMania moment to when there are fans, because yeah, I. I'll say in a robot if that's what you are saying, I don't hate Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania moment at all. I love that he reached out to the camera. I'm gonna forever remember that. That that was one of the best. I mean here, I mean, I mean, come on. Um, yeah. But if that if that's why you pointed that out, I, I will say, yeah, just, there's 
there's always like I mean there's stories told with and without audiences on a million different TV shows. So I sure I I um I just think that it feeds into that whole narrative where it was this was McIntyre's moment. So it's like I, I wouldn't want to have Rhea have her big moment with Charlotte on the night that it's going to get trumped by, you know, McIntyre reaching out to the fans and, you know, saying, I think he said, did he say thank you and I love you? And, you know, he's really appreciative and it was real emotion coming out. I, I'm okay. I think I'm, I'm okay with, with Rhea because I, I think that well, they realize what they have and they're going to play the long game. No, and I, I think I, I'm not... I'm not. Like hating, I, would, I would be uh, stunned if she didn't fight Charlotte at the next WrestleMania. I would be stunned. I, I don't know. That that's always tough to put a finger on. Um, like, a, are they really going to tell a story over a full year? Uh, the fact that we just brought up Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. I mean, that was like the last time that that happened successfully. And I guess with the we Triple had, H and and Shawn Michaels going. Yeah, I mean, too. you had like Rock and Cena. Yeah, that was like a year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just yeah. It but yeah, you're right. It's not like a common thing, yeah. right? I mean, uh, and again, I mean, there's there it is right there. Rock and Cena, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, is is Rhea Ripley? Are they going to tell the Rhea Ripley story? Is she at that level? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, Wait, we don't have to linger on that for too like, much. But like, I yeah. think the boring thing for a podcast is me to continue, like, to continue to like say there's gray in all of this, and um, I there's. There was opportunity from day one to try and improve on how sour I felt about Charlotte winning at uh, at WrestleMania, but I think it, it just goes along with um, I think anytime we're frustrated, it's it's always based on what we've seen happen before. So when I start to see the Fiend get involved with the you know the the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship, like. Just kind of like, wait, that's uh, too soon, and you're gonna take it off of him, and then eventually, like, that's what happened. But thank God, Bray Wyatt is Bray Wyatt, and they just like he just kept rolling and came up with something even crazier, so that we could forget the the blunder of having Goldberg win that title for a month and then lay down to Braun Strowman and yada yada yada. Um, just quick Seinfeld shout out, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I. It's not a terrible, uh, it's not a terrible thing to redact, uh, what you're saying. Um, but like, here I am still pissing and moaning about, uh, Bray Wyatt being thrown into uh, a championship, uh, storyline, even though it turned out okay. Like now we're excited about, about the Fiend and Braun Strowman, but I still hate the fact that they started that too early because I think there was a better story to be told. Um... And you and you said it yourself too with the um, you know you didn't need a title involved with with some of the other uh, storylines you brought up from the past, and and that's that's something that just I think is is forgotten is how valuable a story without a title could be, um, and now we have to you know we kind of reserve it for for Edge uh, coming back where uh, sometimes you know the Fiend can earn that um, I don't know. Well, I'm. I think this is this is a great way to start the show because we never have a, a lot of conversations that like transcend weeks. Like we we are we're normally just like here's it's usually the news. in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is a great conversation. Um, I think 
I think there's a lot of room for us to 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 sit back on every decision we've hated and 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 not ask now like should we hate it it's it's to ask at that time like can this be improved and to kind of calm ourselves down and uh you know not throw a beer at the tv because it's always possible that things can get better um whoa there goes my headphones but i uh i guess it just doesn't come to my mind right away that the charlotte flair and i can't hear anything you're saying till right now uh that the charlotte flair uh decision is is working out in in my mind because i just uh because i don't know if if you have a a ton more thoughts on it but i'm I'm just gonna put my last stamp on it we can move on from from my end if if you wanted to add something after but uh i just it feels like it's still to benefit rio like to give her a real like mountain to climb now she has the charlotte mountain to climb because i I think she conquered the nxt roster for the most part um yeah, and now this will be a real triumph for her. So this still kind of feels like a Charlotte being propped up in order to get Rhea up there. So I'm, I get it. I'll say, um, like there's there's two sides of it too. Like, are they breaking the old formula, or are they so desperate that they're going back to like the original NXT formula, where um, not that Natalia is at the level that Charlotte currently holds, but having like Charlotte go over Natalia in like the first episodes of NXT. Um, you know, or, or or was it just fear on our part because NXT was reliant on its own talent and now, you know, now we see that the WWE talent had to step in and they get the victory. Um, just, just, you know, could just be for the, uh, the philosophical side of things, uh, like where we need to see that relation of like, we, uh, we're used to how storylines go and when they don't go that way it it's like chaos and we get it, it's uh it's not like the chaos theory in like jurassic park but um just because the things aren't going the way that your mind had planned it out like obviously nxt would go over you know the person who's crashing the party like charlotte and that didn't happen uh and that happens all the time in movies and tv uh to just go back to how the last jedi worked out for star wars fans um yeah, it's just like that could be what we all like fall into anytime these storylines don't work out the the way we don't like. But that's whew, that's a whole that's a whole nother bucket of worms yeah. and books we'll have to start reading to to dissect the human mind and um, yeah yeah. Well, I, hey, let's it's, uh, it's we got a lot of stuff to cover and yeah, I, we'll I just, cut it all out. No, no more. I just keep going. I just wanted to make sure I got your uh, your feelings on that. One. but um man let's do some quick ones here wwe finally starts having fans um kind of they're it's like the nxt roster yeah. um and then on nxt they had like not nxt but like not the triple a but like not double a but like single a guys <laughs> we're kind of hanging out at ringside uh man they're behind hockey boards uh where it kind of looked like the leftovers from the elimination chamber pods uh I mean, the wrestlers are still in there, you know, licking each other. So none of those people on the outside were wearing masks. Does this even make sense? Uh, I don't understand why AEW and WWE can't have these people that attend wear masks and stay six feet apart. I don't, I don't, I, get it. I know it stifles the sound and that's why they're doing it, but it's just, if you're going to go to the trouble to have those plastic, like, subway sandwich sneeze guards, I don't know why. 
What is the point? All those I, other people can still affect each other. The ones that are all standing next to each other applying. The way I that I mean that's exactly what uh, my wife and I talked about when I, I showed it to her, and I've mentioned a million times. My wife's a doctor, so of course she's um, you know she's she's on the front lines of this uh, yeah. of COVID and and uh, the the uh, uh, pandemic here. So I. It's it's always great to get her opinion, but it's like, all right, they've definitely, and I'm not saying this was her opinion, but um, she just was kind of like, well, what's the point? But uh, like the story it tells is that the important thing is the talent and that who's ever going to eventually be watching these shows will just get sick and die. And <laughs> that's fine by the WWE. But uh, it's it goes back, I mean, right when this started, there were those memes that came out and they were helpful memes. They were not a joke and they they showed like two people um actually we could go to the p1 do you remember the p1 where um if if you have no pants and you pee on someone it gets on them but if they're wearing pants the p just stays on their pants um but you know if it's and and i'll I'll be telling i'll tell you which one i'm going i'm going to adopt but there's the two people without masks very likely they'll get sick one person with a mask uh, the, the, the decreased chances of people getting sick uh, are, are just from the one person wearing a mask, but that other person who's not can still get everybody else sick. Then there's two, everybody yeah. wearing masks. It's still possible, but it goes way down. And then there's the people that wear masks and stay at home and don't even go to this, which I highly recommend. Don't go to the sporting events when they open up. If you live in Texas, God bless you. Um, you know, just try not to listen to your government and don't go to the events. But uh, that's what I'm picking. I'll tell you that. Uh, but that's... That's the thing is that we're still, it's not enough. Um, even the wrestlers in the ring, like it's not enough. And I, I don't know if we want to get into the philosophy of this. Uh, just, you know, I, I think we just, we've gone, come to a point where we're just accepting, you know what? Wrestling's not going to go away. We're going to keep watching it. Uh, there's a ton of people that are, <laughs> you know, like literally in danger yeah, it, as the it, weeks go it on. Felt like, uh, it's, it felt like such a hollow gesture um, that's another PR like, stunt. Yeah, like the NFL giving their players like pink socks to wear for breast cancer awareness, and you know we find out all that all the, the donation money is just you know lining corporate pockets. Like it's just, eh, it didn't do a lot for me. I hope it's not doing a lot for other people. It just means <laughs> they didn't have masks on. None of that matters. So they yeah. all got. If one of them was sick, they're all sick. So it's stupid. It's- yeah, and, and 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 like you said, the the hollow gesture is perfect. It, it's just it's going ten percent of the way isn't enough, and they're going for the the visual aspect. Uh, yeah. So that's where the PR thing kicks in. But it should be masks. They could put up those boards. I feel like AEW. It seems follow. like such an easy thing too, like McIntyre masks, uh, Otis masks. Yeah, easy. Then he starts selling them. That's a know. good PR stunt. Hand out the masks, like, at um, the events. How about an Undertaker mask? You know, he's doing his last ride. We could do sponsored oh. by the last ride. Let's talk about oh. the last ride. Uh, God damn, are these I caught dark. up today. Um. Yeah. Watched all three <laughs> chapters. Yeah. Um, the, so yeah, the, they, they were riding high after that Cena match. Um, Undertaker didn't look like a bag of dicks. He, uh, you know, got to do his old school off the top rope. Um, he got to squash Cena at WrestleMania. But he was bummed because he only got to wrestle for five minutes. Um, so Matt, it kind of, you know, he seemed to be, he like, it's like he's never going to be satisfied. That yeah, seems like the story they're telling. 
Yeah. Um, so he's it's... comparing his career to HBK, who, you know, Sean had a, a storybook ending where he got to retire against The Undertaker um, at WrestleMania. Matt, here's my question for you. <laughs> Is he the real-life Randy the Ram? He's literally just going to do this until the wheels physically fall off in the ring. Is that the story? Is that what we're learning about Mark Calloway, that he's just never going to retire? Yeah, this is this is like that old, like, the, the documentarian doesn't know what his documentary is about till he's about halfway through filming it. And I think this was supposed to be, like, the goodbye to The Undertaker. And the longer that they record with The Undertaker talking and uh michelle hanging around and seeing the kids and then seeing the good matches and the failed matches um triple h was calling it a catch 22 i don't know if he finished defining it to actually hit the point of it being a catch 22 um but it it really is uh that that sean michaels that said it was uh chasing the dragon and that's where you make the drug connection and that's where you make the addiction connection yeah. And this is very eye-opening to this is, like, what does addiction do is it, is it hurts you as a person, um, whether it's, you know, like, I don't know if I just want to say drugs, because alcohol is still a drug, but alcohol or drugs hurts you. Um, addiction to uh, working out or doing the, um, the uh, what's the Seth Rollins, where you work out really fast? um crossfit oh, uh, you do cross, crossfit, crossfit and yeah. your muscles blow up and then you're out for months at a time and then when you come back you do it again and you hurt your muscles even more here's the undertaker's addiction that is killing him and he's gonna leave his family probably sooner than uh he should because i'm sure there's heart problems we haven't heard about yet uh cardio is the thing he keeps bringing up as a problem and it's because he wants to keep chasing like that perfect ending. And I, I don't even know if it's just that, if that's the story he's told himself, if he's just chasing the adrenaline of being out there and having, uh, I know I would love to have 100,000 people chanting my name. Um, and we've seen people go in the other direction where the addiction needs to follow some suit. So, uh, you know, then if if that doesn't work out, is, is, uh, there was like the mention of uh a problem the undertaker wasn't comfortable talking about in these episodes so maybe drugs did become a factor uh years ago we don't know i'm not saying he was addicted to drugs i'm just there was a there was an, something they just kind of glossed over where vince helped the undertaker uh, with some issue that they never defined what the issue was uh so then my mind starts racing but um whatever that problem was at the time the new problem is this addiction that is is hurting the undertaker's body and i see him interact with his with his wife i uh, they actually have a moment where he's annoyed at his kids uh while they're playing i don't i don't know if <sighs> maybe randy the ram is perfect because he kept trying to like fix things with his family and he still couldn't find happiness and it doesn't look like the undertaker's ever happy uh outside of i I don't, I don't know if it's the wrestling ring or just like in the wrestling atmosphere because he doesn't look happy outside of it and it's also hurting him so i just there's a lot to unpack there but it's it's terrifying um it's yeah, yeah. he's he's kind of it's tough being a wrestler i mean he's juggling two things where 
you know, you're, you're that, uh, you're an athlete. So you, you don't ever want to hang them up. You know, you don't want to miss out on that one last, you know, match or game where you, you know, still, I still got it. Um, but you know, as an actor, I, I think that's what you should, I hope that's what we're going to start learning. He's focusing on not, you know, not being in, you know, movies and especially at WWE, uh, <laughs> funded movies, produced movies. Uh, but you know, more like that boneyard match. Um, I hope we learn that, you know, he's coming to grips with, you know, I, I should not be in the ring because it's, it's not just dangerous for me. Um, it could be dangerous for the person I'm going up against. Um, that's when he should start hanging him up. And that's when he can start, you know, leading on, you know, I, I wouldn't, we don't have to use the word gimmicky, but I mean, the Boneyard match was one of the most talked about things from this WrestleMania. So yeah, it doesn't seem like he, he doesn't have to end his career. I mean, you know, we saw people like, uh, you know, he could be the Christopher Lee of wrestling, you know, where he's, you know, he's, he's not having to do physical roles as much, but he could still be that intimidating presence. Um, you know, occasionally do a choke slam, which, you know, most of that is on the, uh, person receiving, uh, making it look good. No more, uh, no more reverse tombstones. Oh my God, please never again. Um, <laughs> God, when they, when they showed that was it in Australia or Saudi Arabia when it was Kane and Undertaker versus uh, DX? And I forgot that Sean punched Saudi. Kane's mask off. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that was Saudi, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that was so embarrassing. And Kane had to tumble out of the ring and try to put his face... My, i got to put my face on. Hold on. And then uh, Triple H. Uh, I don't remember them publicizing it as much, but I guess he, he tore a pectoral in that match. Um, oh, I thought it was his bicep. I, was it his... I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was his pectoral. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but what a nightmare that was. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, calling this, this documentary, the last ride. And I having guess, multiple episodes speaks I guess volumes. I, I just, I just, of the I, last ride. I guess I didn't realize it was just about the undertaker being that, you know, doing the dragon chasing and trying to get that. Oh, just one more match. I still got it in me because it, it's just kind of, I didn't think it would be a heartbreaking documentary where at the end I'm going to be stunned to see how this could be a a positive for the undertaker. Obviously it's already, you know, mostly done. He already signed off on it. You know, it's a WWE product. They're not going to bury one of their most protected entities in the history of the company, but it's just, yeah, I I I'm, think I am fascinated to see how this ends positively. Yeah, I think the proper call to action here for anybody that's watching this and going like, "Man, these are some great stories from Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I'm loving this." Um just like these are the the way that the Undertaker talks, these are the types of things that are red flags. Um like you need to sit down and talk to your friend or family about their issues. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not because I, we keep seeing like these little snippets of like HBK hugging the Undertaker, going like, "I don't want to see you here," I, you know, "I don't want to be making these travel plans to come see you once a year anymore." And he's he's trying to like plant the seed in the Undertaker, like, "Dude, hang it up, man. You you did it. Like, we love you. You've done enough." Uh, same thing, Triple H uh, going out there, and then uh, Vince McMahon too. Like, I. Last thing I'll say, I I think the most eye-opening part of this, unless this is all just trying to make Vince look better, and that's why this was created. Um, and so I'm just saying, according to the documentary, that it is not just Vince 
ruining the Undertaker. It's 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 more the Undertaker making these conscious decisions to say, um, you know, that I want to keep fighting. That is a hysterical point. I gotta stop looking like an evil son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I think the only way to finally put a a, a a a period close the book on the Undertaker is to have him wrestle Nia Jax. Oh Jesus! What a great transition. <laughs> Woo! Um, uh, I know she's. I know. I know. If if she's in the room, I'd be like Nia. You don't hurt anybody. Oh my God! It's, what's your weird? Oh, it's that's... pro wrestling. I can't believe. <laughs> But my beloved Kyrie is off TV, you son of a bitch. Um, um, I just she keeps fighting all these petite wrestlers and breaking them in half. So well, Kyrie it, again, right? Kyrie was the one that was screaming, "I'm not set! I'm not set!" And then yeah. power bomb. She had to quickly Google translate that phrase. Buckle bomb. Yeah, and then still eat a buckle bomb to her doom. Matt, uh, tell me more examples before we say Naya. You're done. Well, yeah, and like title shots and stuff. Um, I I think what's funny is uh, like before this started happening again, people were this starting. This is Kyrie's to... fault for being small, right? Exactly. Uh, people were starting to come around on Naya and saying like, uh, you know, Becky was was wrapping up and and some of the storylines. Um, well, I guess before we knew Becky was was gonna uh, head on home and become a mother, but uh, people were starting to say, man. You believe this is all Nia Jax helping out and breaking Becky's face, and now this is happening again, and it's like, all right, that that wasn't a good thing. That I I don't I don't care that we got you know this great Becky Lynch story. Like, no, uh, stop fucking hurting people. Uh, Jesus, I mean, if a guy like uh, Ryback is chased out of the business uh, for for having like being. Um, you know, famously injuring people and having full podcast episodes of Bill uh, Goldberg. Yeah, Jesus, killing the Undertaker. I can't wait for that. You know, June fourteenth. Wait, that's the wrong example. Episode. That means that she's gonna have a very long career. Uh, yeah, don't. Mid, yeah, Goldberg's mid- the wrong 50s. one. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I is is Nia Jax. Is that? It's she made a difference for like. Let's pretend these injuries have never happened. Does Nia Jax come out and cut a killer promo? No. Does she come out and have a great match? Well, she's a lot bigger and stronger than all of the little girls that she's facing. So, I... it's a little bit of a change of pace, you know? Right. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like that's what she gets to sell herself as. Is I'm a change of pace. Um, but like they're not had, like five pizza, star. And then you had tacos on Tuesday, right. and then yeah. Nia comes in. It's like yeah, meatloaf. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess now I'll like the pizza better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah, I guess my point is, you know, is how, how, how much longer do we endure? And I think we've asked this question before. Um, and I think that was at the last Kyrie injury. Like, how, how much longer do we have to, to see this happen? And for all the people that are Nia Jax defenders, w- w- like, what... Why does anybody deserve to hold on to their position if this is the case? If I had an office job and I kept giving people paper cuts, I think I'd get fired. So, like, like they'd find a reason to get rid of me. Um, or, you know, just my regular job. If I was fudging up, there'd be a reason to get rid of me. Um, so you're either good at your job or you're not. 
And even when the injuries aren't happening, I still say it's not that great. So why are we forcing this? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's the one thing to, to like not necessarily have to defend the reputation because, I mean, we have so many new examples. It's like if you're doing a top rope Suicina, you don't do it against um, The Miz, who's historically bad at catching people. He wrestles safe in the ring. Nobody takes boo-boos there, but do not dive at this man on the outside. He does not catch people. Um, so I'm just saying, like, that's like a known entity. You brought up Ryback. That's a known entity. Naya, I'm sorry. We have another example. How many more do we need? It's a known entity. So it... Miz, we just said, all right, buddy. No more catch people on the outside. So for Naya, uh... Stop doing things that hurt people, or else you can't work here anymore. Like, I mean, it's like look at a guy like Finn Balor that has been on the other side of things and worked with with people that actually got him hurt, and now he's in NXT. You know, not even in a championship feud. So if it goes that way for people that get hurt, you just don't. No, you you fucked up. You shouldn't have gotten hurt. Like if it, if we make that choice. Why is it okay for the bruisers <laughs> to stick around? I don't yeah. know. It's a tough question. Um, let, let's hit a couple more of these quick uh, WWE notes here. Um, Apollo Crews finally has a championship belt. Uh, Matt, this is a terrific uh, victory for Apollo. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't really on like a you know main uh, pay-per-view or anything like that. It was just kind of on a, a you know weekly episode here, but... Is this is this uh, is this a good stepping stone? Because we we can't uh, you know it's not enough. I, I, is it enough? I mean, he still can't cut a promo. Really, do we want to see him you know fighting McIntyre for a championship? You know, at SummerSlam. Well, here's well, I don't know. this. I mean, this is it, right? This is the test. This is what you do. Like going back to like the regular jobs. Like give them a project, see if they can manage it properly, find the right people to work in their team, and then if they do, then maybe their management material. Um, if Apollo can make this United States title interesting and, you know, cut a good promo, make us worry about him losing it, um, then maybe we, we give him the next step, you know? But, uh... No, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't know until, until we give it a shot. Um, but, uh... Folks that we do know can handle championships are the Iconics, and I'm glad to see that they're back in the women's uh, tag title uh, conversation. Yeah, where the hell were they? They're like the best speakers in the whole division. Well, they were all over my Instagram feed. That's I, I don't know if you caught that. Um, (laughs) Oh, Sean Spears, you lucky son of a bitch. (laughs) No, I am thrilled uh, to see that uh, that they're back because they haven't skipped a beat. Um, I I liked. what what this match really showed was was what good tag team wrestling can look like and man i i wouldn't mind if every move they did was was a was a combo uh but you know i'm just saying like they they execute well um they're they're innovative and they also just make it work with whatever story they're telling it's not just like a um a bunch of super kicks that that land together at the same and I'm, i'm not everybody does super kicks i'm not doing like a like an anti aew thing i'm just saying like whatever they're doing 
tag team wise and as a combo move makes sense for who's ever stuck in the corner or the timing of it like to keep somebody down uh, to help themselves get the victory it's not just a spot for yeah. spot's sake so it, it it all keys up for me and uh yeah all no, right I, so uh... <laughs> I, I like uh, I like hearing their promos. I think that they're one of the few legitimately funny groups. Like when I see them on TV, I'll you know make sure I don't have the mute on. I you know turn my phone over. I want to see what they're doing. Um, Matt, the last little nugget here, and we'll move into the Wednesday Night Wars. You know, maybe talk a little bit about Double or Nothing, but um, Mysterio retiring. Uh, this is uh, this is this is. This is just a word. Grade right? he's, A baloney. Yeah. Great grade Ray baloney. That's how Ray Mysterio ends his WWE career, getting his eye jabbed out by Seth Rollins, and then he will bid adieu to the WWE universe. What do, you, do you like uh, Austin Theory kind of jumping ship there? He was part of that uh, Andrade and Angel and um, uh, Mrs. Black uh, uh, stable, and now he's just hanging out with Seth Rollins. I would say so far I don't hate it. Um, I so I mean, how many times have we begged for like storyline to make sense, and they actually took the time to show Austin like at the side of the ring, all sad and lonely, and then Seth finds him, and you know, like like evil Jesus, like yeah, he's the consoler of the lonely. Yeah, I I liked it. I I thought that worked, and I. I'm going to give it more of a chance than I would anything else because they didn't just have him show up the next week as a part of the stable. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to take the time to, to, to give us the origin story, I'll, I'm all for it. Let's let's do it. You know, maybe the origin story, it, they can't all be Iron Man 1, but I will, I will go for Captain America Winter Soldier because I know what happened in the first Avenger. So I just, you know, I can jump on board a little bit easier. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's. Uh, Iron Man two and three suck. Well, all right. At least, at least we got a good war machine. I'll say that. We got the right war machine in there, Matt. Uh, let's do this. We like doing our Wednesday night wars. Uh, top three moments from uh, AEW and NXT. Um, I watched both. I'm gonna- say AEW won, but Matt, I'm going to see if you can make the case for NXT. Matt, what was moment number three from a hot week of NXT? I think if this story was told a little bit uh, a little different, if the result was a little different and it wasn't the first match on the card, it was set up to be a little bit more exciting. I think this would be number one, but Drake Maverick uh, winning that triple threat uh, is, is my number three moment. Is that right? Wow, you're looking at okay. <laughs> uh, wow. So you're 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 wowing because you didn't like the match. I thought it would be uh, higher on the list, uh, but you know, you're to defend, we're looking at a defend, stacked card. To defend your pick, also like WWE didn't really give it, you know, the mega spotlight treatment because they right. wanted to show off some ridiculous cage they built for Matt Riddle and Timothy. Uh, I'm refusing to call him Thatcher. I'm just calling him Timothy from here out. Um, I, I I I really like this match. The finish was a little goofy. Um, I really thought they're going to drag this out another week with Kushida getting a, a one-on-one rematch again. 
Uh, but uh, instead, they just made Kushida look like a pushover and say, "You got it, bro." I yeah, that was kind of lame. Uh, Showing I would have like, just him, not included it. Him <laughs> staying in the face. They yeah, overbooked why even it. Bother? Yeah. Um, but I guess they needed some closure so that we weren't just sitting there going like, "Why isn't Kushida fighting this?" Like that. Yeah. They're, or just not even to... have the submission. I don't even know why they included that. It, I don't know. It just seemed a little overbooked. Well, but I, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's overbooking at its finest. But I guess Kushida stays strong. Uh, the the loser is Atlas, but I, I'm okay with that because I think his promos are shite. Um, even with like the story they give him, they're shite. But um, yeah, this this takes the number three because I liked my number two and number one so much. Um. And I don't think the rest of the world liked my number two so much, but we'll get to that in a minute. All right. I'll, uh, also, I'll take a... Oh, there's a little someone who's starting to awake from her slumber. Oh, no. So Eddie, we're going to go uh, mega fast round. <laughs> uh, number three, Matt, uh, was a Cody promo. Um, I think people kind of rolled their eyes when he called himself Tom Brady because he I don't think he made the connection quite like he could. He was trying to say I wasn't the first pick. You know, Tom Brady was picked deep in the draft, and I was picked four. Right. I and think then... he's pointing at Arn Anderson or something. I don't know. But the, the the part that worked for me is that as bummed as I was that they build up uh, uh, the murder hawk uh, just to get, you know, defeated in his first match that meant anything – they're going to use Cody to prop up the rest of AEW because he's going to be doing an open challenge with that TNT championship, which I don't think would have been as fun with the murder hawk. It's, it's kind of like, you know, almost exactly what they did with uh, WWE with Cena and the U S title. Um, Cody having it, you know, gives it tons of value. He's the face of the franchise. Um, he can actually cut promos. He doesn't have to rely on, you know, 60 or eight year old Jake, the snake, uh, I think it's a good move, and uh, I, I was inspired by this promo, Matt, and I was inspired to watch more AEW going forward because I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just my quick thought um, out of everything that happened at Double or Nothing, Cody winning that title was one of those. Maybe that was like my instant like uh, tuck my tail moment because I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's just the dumb TNT title. Um <laughs> So, my number two was uh, getting to watch the Zoom meeting of Adam Cole and William Regal. That was pretty all, funny. Yeah. I, I said it, it had all the chemistry of a regular like, Zoom meeting because there's, there's so oh, much hesitation. I, thought, I didn't think it was that bad. I well, I thought it. it added to it. I thought uh, it kind of felt like Regal was always, you know, there was that, the moment of hesitation where it was like, do I talk? Is it my turn? Like, kind of waiting to see if Adam was going to keep going. I, like, I love the segment. I thought all the lines were delivered perfectly. I just, yeah. that element kind of brought me back because uh, everybody knows I'm, I've, these are my only Zoom meetings now or other podcasts that I'm involved in and this, this stuff since I got fired. But my, my, my heart goes out to, to all the, my past Zoom meetings and, and how much fun those were to interact in. But, um. No, I, I, I thought the two of these guys, like, I wish William Regal was still fighting because these two, uh, this is, this, as as Adam Cole has continued to hold on to the title, I think we're, we're seeing that the story has uh, evolved into being, like, whatever, whoever Adam Cole is feuding with month to month, it's evolved into, into this uh, feud of Adam Cole and William Regal, and 
I hope at some point it just comes to a head and William Regal gets involved in the Undisputed Era and, and their reign of terror ending. I, I, yeah. I just, like, he's tried war games. He's tried, you know, now he's trying, like, no, Velveteen Dream will do it. I kind of don't want Velveteen Dream to win because I want, I want somehow William Regal to be the end to the Undisputed Era. Um, not that I want them to end completely. I just... You know, for them to fall flat on their faces, it, it looks like it's it's got to be due to William Regal. Okay, I'll uh, yeah, uh, Regal had a couple lines that I, I wish I'd written down, but they're they're just so smooth and they were so British. I was so proud of William. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish he could actually manage somebody, but he's such a valuable asset. You know, you want him to be the GM. Um, my quick my uh, number actually two. quick point. Uh, if you watch uh, the last ride, they show Triple H's wedding party. And Undertaker's in there also, William Regal. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, my moment number two, Matt, is also related to the TNT Championship for AEW. Uh, it was Jungle Boy uh, triumphing over everybody. Um, I think AEW's had a few uh, uh, Turd Pile and Northern Sicily Battle Royals uh, where it didn't really seem like there was a, a story, just people were eliminated now. Um, but the way they teased... Um, you know, Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow. Uh, you know, Luchasaurus especially versus Wardlow. Um, uh, and then uh, the storyline with uh, uh, the Elite beating up, you know, poor Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy getting to squeak in at the end. And, um, you know, he and Jungle Boy kind of showing, my God, these two guys who are, you know, maybe, maybe like 350 pounds combined. Uh, these are not big men. These could be the, you know, the, the futures of this company, not necessarily this year, uh, but, you know, they're athletic. They get you excited to turn on the TV. Um, you know, so much of this episode of AEW Dynamite was about setting the kind of setting the table going forward because Double or Nothing had a real finality to it. Um, so we were setting up, you know, new number one contenders. We were setting up, you know, new gimmicks for weeks to come. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just it was an entertaining battle royal, and uh, the right guy went over. So, yeah, good job, Matt. Number, uh, one, number uh, one, your boy Timothy Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you call Timothy Thatcher and uh, and Matt Riddle uh, going at it. I I had fun with that. I I didn't need I didn't need Kurt Angle in it. Uh, no. But this this really really for me this match was an ending. You know. Uh, um, built around a, an ending that I desperately wanted and yeah. I, th- I thought would, would make sense. Uh, and then it, it also helps send Matt Riddle, it looks, to SmackDown. Uh, but yeah, Thatcher getting the win. I, I saw this as like, and this is so stupid because of, of how long NXT has been around, but I was like, man, this is like old school NXT roster building. All right. Kind of. Kind of coming back to the the beginning of our show, talking about Charlotte and and the 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 new way they're trying to build the women's roster, but yeah. uh, having Timothy Thatcher go over Matt Riddle like this, um, I I loved it, and I I think this is this is the the big baddie. Uh, this is a heel of heels. Uh, this is just a tough mf'er, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, Mike, you're number one. No, uh, just real quick, uh, uh, three takeaways from that. Uh, one was that they they made sure to mention the length of Timothy's arms. My yeah. God, he's got 80-inch arms! 
nothing about remember we used to do hogan's you know biceps uh now we're just talking about the length of wrestlers arms which i know is like a fighting thing like for reach but it was still funny um two was that they made sure that you showed timothy's fake teeth falling out for at least a half an hour they really zoomed in on those teeth oh they're in the ring now they're in somebody's hand oh look at those teeth those are definitely teeth I've had teeth fall out. That kind of looks what it looks like. Um, and then my favorite moment was Morrow again saying, you know, Matt Riddle's a bit of a, a lone wolf in the locker room. Like, ooh, do we want to mention that? Because it sounds like that's why he doesn't get uh, the booking that, you know, wins and losses that, you know, something deserving of his skill level. Um, so I <laughs> just, just something to make note of there. I don't know if Riddle's ever going to be champ because of uh, – Oh, his uh, camaraderie with, with the boys. Uh, Matt, my moment number one, uh, there's no question, it was FTR, baby. Woo! I, that was the fastest 90 days of our lives uh, because AEW's added to the tag team division. Dex, Dex Harwood, which makes me think he's going to, you know, someday play basketball against the Street Profits. And Cash Wheeler. Which makes me think, you know, he's watching some some Ric Flair promos and you know, wheeling a deal. I could be the cash stealing. Look, that could be me. That would have been a great name to have at Double or Nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh, what a waste. Cash Wheeler at Double or Nothing. So a Cena. Um, I don't right. know. My 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 Excalibur sounds a lot like Morrow. Um, but they uh they came out in the uh, in the wake of a uh. Uh, spot monkey Matt Hardy, Matt, uh, and his teaming with the Bucks of Youth. Um, and they came out to rescue the Bucks of Youth from the hands of those evil, dastardly uh, Blade and Butcher. Um, you know, and they didn't do the stereotypical thing and just beat up the, you know, uh, overly booked baby faces and the Bucks. Uh, they came to their aid. And, uh, Matt, I, I'm really pumped for this addition to the AEW roster. We've had hints. For a while cody drinking out of ftr mugs um you know on the youtube channel stuff like that so i'm really pumped for this uh future of the tag division um i think the de- the debut is really strong it it's a shame uh that there wasn't like a real crowd there to uh you know really electrify the moment because this this is a real get uh for all elite wrestling but yeah. uh, you know uh, yeah it's exciting you know, in the future when things go back to normal i, I think that uh these are definitely guys who can help push that tag team scene kind of into the more to the main event instead of even an aew who you know uh pronounced to be the, the tag team promotion they, they they kind of put it in the back burner so i think this is a big move for them well uh i'm gonna cut you short and everybody thanks for tuning in and uh, make sure you go to bodpodcast.com which is our hub to check everything out subscribe rate and review on apple Podcasts if you could and the YouTube channel, uh, if you could subscribe there, that help both of those help us out. Another way to help us out, that banner at the top of BODpodcast.com or BrothersDiscussion.com will give you a discount to some CBD products, as well as the uh, anchor.fm slash Brothers of Discussion is a way that you can actually help donate to the show so that we can continue to, uh, to make this work and be more fun and be more entertaining for you. So thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye!